You guys ready? All right, Luke chapter 1, verse 26 says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words. I always think that's funny. The angel comes to her, Hey, highly favored one. She is scared to death. She's like, oh. and, and so she's scared. The angel's there. And um, verse 30, But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Everybody say favor. favor. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. And he will be great, and he will be called the Son of God, the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Hallelujah. Come on, say never end. Never That's really important. There's some few key scriptures, some of them, about his, the, and to the, his kingdom will continually increase, the scripture says. So it's always increasing. Verse, uh, let's read a few more. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive in her sixth month, sorry, uh, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled, and then the angel left her. All right, this is fun. First of all, let me turn off something here. So here's here's a <laughs> somebody. My iPhone keeps saying share password. Somebody's trying to get on the internet, and they're trying to take it from me. Is it you? All right. <laughs> So here's, 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 it. here's Mary. This is such an interesting thing because I think that we've read this story so many times that we've probably watered it down a little bit, what was really going on. This was a major, major thing that happened to Mary. Mary, first of all, she's probably about a 16-year-old girl. This scripture to me absolutely destroys the idea of anything that would limit women in ministry. <laughs> if God would trust the Savior of the world to a 16-year-old girl. It's kind of hard to come back and have an argument against women in ministry. That's not my sermon. I have a whole sermon on that. I'll, I'll preach on it. I almost preached it today just to be um, kind of like just non-religious, but the Lord was like, no, nah, that's not your sermon for today. But, but I just, I love it that some people would have uh, a problem with women in ministry, and then you see that he would come to this young girl and say, I'm entrusting you with the Savior. That's kind of a big deal. And so sometimes when we, we step into the place of God's favor, Brian Simmons says we become pregnant with promise. We become pregnant with promise and we begin to find things happening that we had never imagined. Mary never imagined this. I guarantee you one day when we're in heaven and we can talk to her, that would be, that's, she's on one of my top. Like, what was it like? Like, what was it like when you felt like a baby kicking in your belly and you knew that baby kicking was the savior of the world? Like, like, like think about it. Like, she knew it. Like, she, and, and the angel comes to her and he's like, hey, favored one, da-da-da-da, you're pregnant. Now, 
it's not quite the same culture then as it is today. The whole betrothal process was usually some, somewhere around a year maybe. And if the one betrothed becomes pregnant outside, outside of the whole process, she's subject to be put to death. So it's not like, a, whoop, had an accident. It was like, I'm pregnant? This is a big deal. And the thing the Lord's been showing to me is, is that sometimes God's favor <laughs> isn't always like we think it is. I meet people that want it like, Lord, I just want more of your favor. I guarantee you that Mary did not think it would happen that way. <laughs> Lord, I want more favor. <laughs> you begin to understand her initial response when she was fearful. She was concerned. When the angel comes and says, Mary, great news, you're pregnant. She's thinking, that wasn't the plan. And you're going to carry, by the way, the Savior of the world. And I can guarantee you that moment, I can guarantee you, Mary began to face all different types of insecurities. Like, like <laughs> when you step into God's will for your life and favor begins to come on you and you begin to get pregnant with promises, typically the first thing that gets brought up to the surface is insecurities. And I really encourage you, don't push them away. Like, like lean into them and get through them. I, was, I, put a, I put something on social media a few days ago. Lord, was, I was just praying, and he was showing me the process of how a pearl is created. And, you know, it's, it's basically through irritation. <laughs> There's something about irritation. There's something about friction that takes what you're pregnant with and actually begins to create in you the ability to be able to steward the promise that you have. But when you begin to feel those insecurities, a lot of people, instead of going right at them, they're like, eh, you're quiet. So then she's got to, you know, she knew she was going to have to have this conversation with Joseph. You know, I can imagine her there like, oh, all these thoughts are running through her head. I'm going to have to talk to Joseph. Everyone's going to think all of this stuff about me. I mean, I just all the thoughts that are rushing through her. And, 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 and here's the angel. I was like, it's good. It's okay. <laughs> we all know where the story went from there. She had baby Jesus. And this morning, I want to lay some groundwork. This is a weird sermon for Christmas, but that's okay. It's kind of always a weird holiday sermon around here. Um, <laughs> I want to lay some, I feel like the Lord is inviting this house. And if you're with family, we welcome you and we bless you. Thanks for coming. But I want to talk to you a little about where I feel like God's taking this house in the upcoming year. Because I really feel like we're coming into a season where we're going to experience a tremendous level of his presence that is very, very great. <laughs> I don't know another word for it right now. And when I was praying over what to talk about this morning, I had a few scriptures that came to mind, and they weren't exactly ones that I would typically talk about on Christmas, but I'm going to go for it. With tremendous favor comes tremendous responsibility. This is really important. With tremendous favor comes tremendous responsibility. 
when we look at the early church and we look at the, the book of Acts and we look at, you know, chapter two, the Holy Spirit came down and what happened? Everybody got hit. Everybody was drunk in the spirit and everything. How many of you know just went like from that moment on? We read through the scriptures. We see that the church was born. The church was literally born through an outpouring. I mean, people were coming to the Lord. Can you imagine their first, their first um, going out and talking about the Lord? And 3,000 people gave their life to the Lord. 3,000 people. That's a pretty good response for your first time. And they're drunk. <laughs> and so they're going and they're speaking and things are happening. The Holy Spirit is being poured out. There's massive momentum. There's massive glory in the church right now. Things are happening. Signs, wonders, and miracles. All the stuff is happening. And then we get into Acts chapter 5. And some interesting things happen. So they're having an outpouring. The Bible says that people were being added to them daily. I have a feeling that there's so much that's not accounted for in the book of Acts that they just couldn't account at all. But they accounted some of the main stuff. And they were continually being added to. And then we get to this chapter 5 where we see an interesting story where they were getting ready to take up an offering for the needy. Anybody know where I'm going? They're getting ready to take up an offering for the needy. And then we see the story of Ananias and Sapphira. I told you this is weird for Christmas, but um, just go with me. We see Ananias and Sapphira, and I'm really careful about preaching on Ananias and Sapphira because if you're not careful, you can stir up the wrong spirit. Because all of a sudden, like all of the judgment, like, yeah, I told you, you know. And I think we need to have a better understanding of it. But there is an interesting thing that happens here that they're having just a massive outpouring of the Spirit and they're taking up an offering for the poor. And what happens? Ananias and Sapphira put together this plan that, hey, we're going to basically fake that we're giving more than we are. And so what they do, they lied to God. They didn't just lie about what they were giving, they lied to the Lord. And you know the story, what happens? They were struck dead. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> so, there's something interesting about this passage that I've been, I've been chewing on, I've been chewing on, because they're, they're, in this, they're in this new covenant. Thousands, probably millions of people have lied to the Lord since then. What made that one different? I believe probably the Lord could show us so much about this. But I'll just tell you what, kind of what I've been chewing on. I believe that they were in such a place of his presence and his glory that you can come into such a place where the Lord's pouring out his spirit so powerfully that your decisions become huge in that place, good or bad, good or bad. That's why we see leaders often that are having outpourings and revivals and they make poor decisions and it is so harsh. Like the outcome is so much worse. It's not that the sin is a worse sin. You understand? But when you have an outpouring of the Spirit and you're in that place and you're in such a, such a place so near to the Lord that our decisions are so important. And here they are. 
The Lord is so near to his people right now. They're moving in power. They're moving in glory. They're, mo- they're in that place of his glory, and they lied. And what happened? They killed him. And, and for me, it was, a, it was a big, like, whoa. Then there's something that we need to begin to uh, develop in ourselves that if we're going to go after the deep places of his presence, yeah. we need to know how to operate in it. And it's not religious. It's not a bunch of rules. Don't, don't, don't take the wrong direction with this this morning because there's actually more to it that we're going to learn here from a moment and how Jesus was raised up. But there's a place that we get in his presence. There's a place that, especially with leaders, they get in his glory where your decisions are very, very influential in the spirit realm and on earth. And how you handle yourself is really important. And so, here they are. You just say it this way. The further you go with God, the less you can take with you. Let me say it that way. The further you go with God, the less you can take with you. I... I mean, you know, babies in the Lord and, and, and they're growing and there's so much grace for that. But then you begin to meet people that have stewarded the presence and they've really gone after this thing. And there's grace for them too, but the further you go in, it's different. Are you guys getting anything? You getting something here? Okay. The season that we're coming into here in this church I believe with all my heart is going to be very special. I believe it's going to be very unique in the sense of the presence of the Lord is going to be so thick at times that I want to be prepared beforehand that I just, I can just be in it and I'm ready. Let's talk about Let's, let's pull this together a little bit. Let's talk about Jesus for a second. So, when Jesus came to earth, he came to earth, he was still fully God, but he set everything aside. The best thing I could relate that to is almost if you had decided that, hey, I want to experience what it would be to be homeless. I'm going to put everything aside, my cell phone, my wallet, everything, and I'm going to go, and I am going to bring myself to a place where I'm homeless. How many know at any point you could go pick all that back up? Jesus said, I want to come down. This is so important. I want to come down. I am still fully God, but I'm going to set everything aside. Have you ever thought about this? I mean, I hear people sometimes getting so frustrated, like, uh, you know, like, I, I just want to be heard. I just want to say this, which is important. But do you realize that Jesus even put aside his ability to speak as a baby? Like, think about that. Think about that. He didn't just come down and, like, show up and walk into town as a full-grown man. That's pro- that, would, that, that, that would make a little more sense. He actually not only gave up everything that he had, he gave up his ability to even speak. Now, think about this. Why did he do it? He didn't, when we think about why did Jesus come, he's the Savior of the world. So true. But if, if he was only the savior of the world, 
all he would have needed was to do is to come die and raise again and he was done so there was a greater purpose to why he came to earth it's not just to be the savior of the world because then he wouldn't have needed to live all those years why would he have needed to have a ministry if he was trying to just be the savior of the world <laughs> he was coming to show you what man could do in right relationship with the Father. This is so important. He came in and he didn't want to show you. They had already seen what God could do. Like they, they had in their history, like most, they have all these things with the Red Sea and all the things, the great works of God. They knew what God could do. They didn't know what man could do in God. And here comes Jesus. He comes in and he knows he knows from the beginning he's the Savior. I, I say it all the time. Can you imagine what it would be like to be him and to be walking and to know all the places he sees the fingerprints of darkness? He knows in me is the solution to everything. But he was so passionate about teaching us what mankind can do in a right relationship with God. He had to walk it out. This changes things. I think in the church, it's so easy for us that we've got caught up in um, uh, the gospel of salvation instead of the gospel of the kingdom. And salvation is like the door to the kingdom. But like my house, if I invite you to my house, I'm not going to let you come to my doors and just like, hey, look at my door. Have you looked at my door, guys? <laughs> I mean, but, but that's, that's how we, we can so easily approach doing church is, let me just talk to you about getting saved. Let me just talk to you about the door. And I get it. Some of you have a passion and a grace for evangelism, and we need you so much. So we're not watering that down because we need that. We need people to come into the understanding of who they are in Christ. But we're not doing it right if we're just talking about get saved instead of, do you want to know who you really are? Oh, I love talking to people about who they are and how great they are in Jesus. Even before they're in a relationship with him. I, I typically don't tell people I'm a pastor because immediately everything changes. But I had neighbors that like for seven years they didn't know I was a pastor. And I, I, people are like, why would you hide it? Because they didn't feel like they could be me the moment they found out I was a pastor. And I didn't like that. I just figured if Jesus was okay going over and having dinner with people, with, with them just being who they are, I should be okay with that. And so Jesus comes, and he walks the earth. He empties himself, and he wants to demonstrate what mankind can do. Mankind knew God could do miracles. Man was very aware of how powerful God is, but they weren't aware of how powerful in God they could be. Come on. Come on. <laughs> I love talking about this stuff, and I love the awkward quietness sometimes. Because people are like so concerned. Well, what if it gets out of hand? <laughs> Great. <laughs> like, I mean, we'll <laughs> I, remember, I remember one time I was talking to somebody, and, and I don't like cleaning messes, but somebody said, you know, what do fathers and mothers do with kids? 
they clean messes. And so I remember, I remember one leader told me one time, he said, he said, how miserable would your, your children be if you wouldn't let them do anything until they knew how to clean it up? That's like cruel. But that, that can easily become our model for putting people in and doing ministry. Is well, once you don't make me a mess, go ahead. Now, we don't like messes. <laughs> we don't look for them. But at the same time, Sometimes you just have to go for it. <laughs> I, I want to see people know how great they are in Jesus. Luke, let's see, let's read a few verses. Luke chapter 2, verse 40 now. This gets fun. How are we doing on time? Well, we're good. Luke chapter 2, verse 40. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. Let's see, how much of this do we want to read? Let's, uh, let's jump over. Verse 46. And after three days, so they lost Jesus. Can you imagine the feeling? Like, he's the savior of the world. He's our first kid. Can you imagine, Mary, like we've lost the Savior? Like we didn't just lose our kid, we've lost the Savior. It's a big deal. Like I've lost my kids before, like one, of, like one or two of them, like most parents have. <laughs> I have. It's so bad. You know, you're, you're walking and they just walk off and you're like, <gasps> and, um, and then your, your wife goes into like a person you've never seen before. I'm like, whoa. She's like, where's my, like. We were putt-putting one time, and we were in this putt-putt place, and Ethan was really little, and Ethan is so smart. He's been, like, such a little genius since a baby, and we're putt-putting, and he just disappeared, and Tiffany, like, like, and I was like, take the, take the putter from her, and, and um, you hear over the, you hear over the intercom, Mr. and Mrs. Matthews, uh, if you're here, come to the front desk. Ethan's up there with like a lollipop. And he just knew, he's like, go back to the front desk, tell them I'm lost, I'm good. And um, so, like, but, but, but here they are. <laughs> they've, can you imagine? They've lost Jesus. <laughs> like I said, let's make this real, okay? They've lost Jesus, and then finally they're looking for him, and they find him. After three days. Mine was like 10 minutes, guys, tops. After, after three days, they found him in the temple court, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. <laughs> Jesus, why were you searching for me? He's like 12, guys. Why are you searching for me? Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what, was he, what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. There's another sermon in that verse right there. He knew what God had on his life, but he submitted himself. Yeah. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God 
with man. I find it interesting that it said in the first scripture, in the first verse we read, in uh, verse 40, and he was filled with wisdom. And the next thing we see, he's teaching. Jesus became wise as a young man. All you guys in here that are young, teenagers, young, whatever, you don't have to be defined by your age. You can be defined by your wisdom. Jesus was young. I find it interesting that he began to grow in wisdom when he was young. I think if he had done it when he was older, they would have said, well, he's just walked through life. And his age would have been the thing that they would have said, well, he's wise, he's older now. But he was young. And he started to grow in wisdom. And there's something interesting in this passage here. Verse 52, And Jesus grew in wisdom, in stature, and some versions say maturity, and favor with God and man. I think this scripture is the the secret sauce for stewarding the presence of God. How many of you know that if Jesus had to grow in favor and wisdom and in stature, so will we. Now these three things, I want you to look at this as almost if this was a triangle and you had wisdom. It should be all equal favor, maturity. What happens when we meet people that get these out of whack? We've all, we've all met somebody. Let's, let's talk about wisdom. Let's, let's, relate it. You, let's relate it a little bit to they're really wise now. They've, they're gifted, they're anointed, they're in their skill, and they're good. How many of you have ever met somebody that's like they're really gifted and anointed? Amen. But their maturity wasn't there. The, the, the person that, like, they can, like, prophetic minister over you all day, but, but they don't know how to, to <laughs> they're a mess. They don't know how to keep their connection with people, their heart's not, they're, it's not grown, you know, whatever. And so they become really lopsided. Yeah. Or maybe people with favor. I've met, um, maybe they've, they've got a lot of favor. Favor is a heart thing. God sees your heart. It's someone, they've got a tender heart, and the Lord just, he's, there's, a, there's a heart connection, and he just, they got favor. But they're lacking in other areas. How many know that if Jesus had to grow with man, this is one actually I think that we kind of put off. I think that we think if we just grow in favor with God, we're cool. He had to grow in favor with man, too. Hmm. Could it be that we have people that have favor with God, but not with man? And vice versa, people that have favor with man, but they don't have favor with God. And so you've got this triangle and that of, of people that, these are the three things that the Lord said he was growing in. He was growing in maturity. He was growing in favor. He was growing in wisdom. 
What's, what's the point? We get to a place when we're in the presence of the Lord. We get to a place where our, uh, I talked about this earlier. I started with this. Our decisions have, can actually release tremendous promotion. I meet people sometimes where I see the Lord is all over them. I can see it when I meet them. And I'm like, there's like, um, there's, there's a piece of me that's so excited for them. And there's a piece of me that's like, I really need to pray for them. Because right. I realize like the favor that's on you, your decisions are going to launch you into promotion if they're the right way. I see it. But I also see that we have to grow in this thing called wisdom maturity and favor with man and with God. The time of, oh, can I go here? The time of people getting up and being able to move out of giftings and their families are falling apart is no longer okay. It's no longer okay. It's no longer okay. Now, now, sometimes there's decisions that are being made by children that are not what the parents are making. I get that. But it's not okay for someone to be moving in the presence of the Lord. And then every time they walk into the room, you feel anxiety go up in the room. You're like, yeah. See, it's not what Jesus did. Because he grew in favor. And he grew in maturity. And he grew in wisdom. And this is what we have to set our heart on. We have to set our heart on being in a place where if we want to see reformation, if we want to see our city, can you imagine the kind of, the kind of outpouring that these guys were stewarding? Can you imagine walking into a city, and I know we can't because we've never lived in a time where the ministry like, had not been preached like they had. They were the new church. Can you imagine walking into a new city and waking up in the morning and realizing no one here has heard about this good news today? And then they went to bed and thousands had given their lives to the Lord. Like they were in that kind of moment. That's why the decisions were so major. That's why when Ananias and Sapphira made, like really screwed up, it was not a season and a place for that. And as we get into those places, and I believe he's welcoming us into those places. I believe it. Do you guys believe it? He's welcoming us into a place of his glory. Like that's my heart. Oh, I love his presence. Oh, I love his presence. Like, I love it. <laughs> These guys had no idea what they were doing. They just knew how to love Jesus, host his presence, and do the stuff. <laughs> Cast out demons, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers. That was the church. Let's bring this in for a landing. You can feel them pushing your minds. God wants to pour out his spirit through you. You should be a dispenser of his presence. 
Like I, I, I made, the, made the reference a few weeks ago, the, the scripture that says the kingdom of God is at hand. I said, think of it as the kingdom of God is in stock. Well, think about it though, but you're the one that's the dispenser. So you've got it in stock, but when someone needs kingdom, that's you. You are the dispenser. You are the one that, what do you need? A hope? <laughs> I can give you that all day. I, feel, I felt this morning, I felt, I felt a lot of people, the favor of the, how do I say this? The favor of the Lord had come upon you and some of the things that have happened were not what you expected. Yeah. And the immediate response is to be like, huh, uh devil. <laughs> Maybe it's not the devil. Come on. Sometimes when, it, like, there's a place where when you're in an outpouring of the Spirit, when you're in the place where favor is coming, opposition will come. come on. <laughs> opposition will come. I don't like it either. Like, Man, Jesus faced it. And opposition will come. People will say things. People will talk about you. And it's not fun. And right about there, a lot of people will jump off. But then there's a group of people that they push forward. And they say, "I, I can't give up. I can't give up. And they press in more. And there's some place between opposition and the baby being born that everything just begins to take off. I remember when my wife, when she was having our children, you know, like some of them, like the whole pregnant, the whole labor thing could go long. But when it was time, things took off. And I feel like there's a lot of people who have been pregnant with these promises from God. Some of you, since you were a little child, man, I feel that. Some of you, since you were a little child, you have been pregnant with things in your spirit, man. You understand what I'm saying? You carry things. And there has been opposition. Some of you saw the opposition with your parents. I did. I watched it. My da- I'm a pastor's kid, if you don't know that. I watched my dad was in ministry from the before I was born. I've seen it. And pastor's kids typically have the option. They can either go one way or they can say, this is not right. <laughs> And they go for heaven's justice, not man's justice, heaven's justice, which is to see restoration. But I feel, you feel it in the air. Like there's, there's like a, there's like a electricity that just came into the room, but I can feel it in this room that there are people in the room that are pregnant with promises. You want to know something interesting about Mary? If you go read, I think it was Luke chapter 2, verse maybe 19. It says that she treasured and she pondered these things. This is such an important passage. What does that mean? She pondered it. She thought about it. She ran it through her mind. What's it going to look like? What's it going to look like? How old is he going to be? And she ran these things through her mind. She treasured it. What does that mean? She didn't put all of it out there on Facebook. She's like, she kept it in here. She's like, if it ain't time yet, I'm not letting it out. She treasured it. Some people have such excitement that I see them, they're like, they just shout it out. And I'm like, learn how to treasure it. Learn how to ponder it. Take the time. Find one or two covenant relationships that will walk with you. She had Joseph. The angel came to Joseph too because he knew Joseph was going to have a hard time with this one. 
So I was like, you're going to have to go to the man, too. <laughs> she could walk it with Joseph. Oh, I love Joseph. Protected her. He knew what his wife carried. He knew what she carried. And he protected her. Some of you just need one or two people that you can treasure it and ponder it with and say, this is what's in my heart. Some of you, it happened when you were little kids. God spoke this. I can feel him coming awake in the room right now. I can, I can feel like that baby kicking. And you've been carrying it. And you've been carrying it. And your past due. You're a past due. But the baby's still there. The baby's still there. And there's an invitation in this room for us. Here's, here's, let's wrap it up, put a bow on it. There's an invitation for us to grow in favor, maturity, and wisdom. The first thing Jesus did after that scripture that said Jesus grew in wisdom, he went to the temple and he started answering questions. The church needs to be people that have wisdom because some people, before they're going to open up their hearts to you, they would love it if you have an answer, how to help me better with my finances. Like they have questions. And then we have to be careful not to come back with spirit, like, they want answers. They want answers. And I believe that he knows that. And so he wants to give you wisdom and favor and maturity. So then you can be like, Jesus, can you imagine him? He's sitting there, 12 years old, with all of these religious guys. And they're asking him questions. And his parents show up. And he's like, Mom, Dad, what were you worried about? time I've never felt this on Christmas Sunday before I speak to all of you in this room that are pregnant with promises think of is still not nearly as good as what he has in mind for you. It's that good. It's that good. Can you stand with me?
did this did this make sense this is uh, I don't I'm not looking for like affirmation I just I had like 20 sermons on one and I was like how do I do this Like like the, the pushing the back, the pushing back, the pushing back, the pushing back, and we have to at some point. Like they're just like you will not push me down. And so I pray over both of you. First of all, I pray over you, Alex, and, and there's a grace on both of you. Um, but I do pray in this moment over Aria, um, Father. I pray that you will give her strength and the stature. I see like this, just the stature he wants, this maturity that he wants to happen in you. That that by the end of it, people will think, how old are you? Like, you're that young? No way. Like, like you're going to say things. Like, when Jesus sat in the temple and he spoke, and they're like, well, how old are you? That's what he wants to do in you. And the enemy is so scared of it. And so I pray over you. I pray over Alex as well. Alex, that you would be able to, um, as she treasures it and ponders it, you would treasure it with her. And you would ponder with her. And that you would protect it. You would protect it. I bless you guys. I bless you guys with what the Lord has for you. It's so big. It's so big. <laughs> it's going to be big, but it's going to have opposition. It's going to have opposition. It's going to have opposition. Davidson kids. It just so happens you're all here. All right? Well, not, one of them's not here. Okay. He gets it too. I feel something for all you guys. Um, is this okay? If you hang tight, you never know. You could get a word too. So um, hang in there. No, I, I'm just being obedient, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, I feel something for you guys. Like, um, there's a generational blessing on you guys from your parents. And um, there's also there's also a, um, there's been an opposition that they've been through and that some of it you might have even seen um, but I feel for all of you guys I feel a blessing for you that's like how do I say this you get to start so much farther ahead than many people start like like, like you get to start on third base like you now have to run first and second base and like you don't have to run all those like I actually feel like the Lord is saying you actually get to like start this thing on third base I've set you up for an easy run home 
And I just feel over you guys that um, put out any ideas that you have. Like, I just encourage you, like, get rid of so many of the preconceived ideas that you may think that God has for you. And take, take I don't know, take a season. Take one month and every night for 10 minutes, just you and Jesus say, God, what do you actually want to do with me? And I feel like he's going to speak so clearly to you guys. He's going to give you such clear direction, and it's going to be good. It's going to be good. And I feel like the lies that you may hear, um, I don't know if it's for all of you, but any lies that's like, I, you know, that's not my thing, or you don't know what I've done, or any of that kind of stuff, you don't know where I'm at, God wouldn't want to use me, I just tell that stuff to be quiet. I tell it to be quiet, and I remind you how great God is, and if you're in Him, that's how great you are. And so I release that identity over you guys. I bless you guys. I bless your family. I bless you, Mike and Gerilyn, as parents, not only over them, but over other people in your lives that you've had the honor and opportunity to parent and more that will come. There is a blessing in your family. There's a blessing in your family. And we give thanks for you guys. We give thanks for you guys. I could spend like an hour with all I'm hearing right now, but I'm not going to do it. But I'll email it. <laughs> I, I, I feel so much, but... Uh, there's just different areas of blessing in all of you. They're all unique. Like, I, I don't like doing, like, a group blessing, because, but there's, like, I see unique pieces. And you guys are going to make something so beautiful together. So I bless you guys. I bless you guys. I bless you guys. And, and, and even John Michael, he, he's not here, but he, he gets it, too, wherever he's at. He gets it, too. He gets it, too. And I just keep hearing God say over you, Mike, I just keep hearing the Lord say, thank you. I just keep hearing like thank you I think about um, I think about the this like, John the apostle John and he was such a friend of God like, he was such a friend and I feel that over you you're a friend of God and God like <laughs> he likes you like he really likes you like, I, like, sometimes it's like we love people, but do you like them? It's like, God, God, God really likes you. Mike, you're a friend to God. You're a friend to God. David was a friend to God, and he got to be in the lineage of Jesus. And so I, I just keep hearing Jesus say, you're a friend. You're a good friend. And because of how you're such good friends with God, you can teach people how to be friends. And teach them how to be friends. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him.
more time, we'll give. And we'll give you all the step into the season he's welcoming you into growing favor and in wisdom and maturity Amen. that as we go into these places in the presence of the Lord that are completely new territory you'll be prepared you'll be prepared